G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In Mark chapter 8, the Lord Jesus Christ asks a question, and only he is the only one who could ask such a question. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way. He said, what shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The person who trades his soul and the salvation of his soul for all the wealth of the world is a prince of fools. Up next, Dr. Michael Yusuf reminds you that as a child of God, you are an heir to the King of Kings. Yet you may be living in poverty, ignoring what your inheritance offers you as a child of the King. Up next, Dr. Yusuf takes you inside one of the most powerful parables of Jesus. It's sure to bring encouragement, no matter where life has you today. Listen along with me to Dr. Michael Yusuf, teaching on Leading the Way. Of the 20,000 inhabitants of Pompeii, there are some 2,000 people lost their lives at this famous volcano. Among the 2,000 people who died, there was a woman who obviously loved her jury more than anything else in the world. Let me tell you about her. As the deadly rain of fire came down, she decided that she's going to escape by going into the sea and escape the city by boat, which is a very wise plan. But this rich and beautiful woman stayed behind just a little too long, long enough to collect her much-loved collection of jewelry. And she wanted to take as much as she could carry, snatching her rings and in a haste tried to thrust them in her fingers and There was no time to hunt for a box or for a bag in which she could cram as many of these precious stones as possible. So finally, she picked up as many as she could in her own hands and clasped on them. And and she rushed into the streets clutching the pearls and the diamonds and and the rubies and the sapphires and the gold and, and the earrings. That value of that jewelry, but in today's Dollars, it'd be worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But she delayed too long, and the poisonous fumes overcame her as she ran out with all the trinkets in her hands. And she stumbled and fell and died, clutching the things that she prized so much under the ashes of Pompeii. How do I know that? Recently, there has been an archaeological excavation, and they found her. She's still lovely. And in her hands were still, were laden by her jury. In Mark chapter 8, the Lord Jesus Christ asks a question. And only he, the only one who could ask such a question... He said, what shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Only Jesus could ask such a question. 
Why? Because He alone knows the value of the whole earth. He alone knows where every diamond mine is located. He alone knows where is the last nugget of gold is to be found. He alone knows where all the tons of silver that were created back in Genesis. He alone knows the value of all the ruby and the sapphire in the whole world. He alone knows where the last drop of oil is to be found. He alone knows where the last lost treasure is to be found. And that is why He alone could stack up all of the earth's treasures, all of the earth's precious stones on one side of the scale. And then he places the soul of man on one end of the scale. And then he says, the person who trades his soul and the salvation of his soul for all the wealth of the world is a prince of fools. What shall profit a man, asks the Lord Jesus, because he alone could... Ask such a question. He alone knows that the value of your soul allowed him to be crucified on a crude Roman cross with spikes in the hands and feet. The value of your soul compelled God the Son to go to Calvary and die in your place and in mine. And that is why the two parables of today in Matthew 13, 44 and 45 have to do with that all most important question in life. It has to do with choosing to be at the very center of the will of God. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to Matthew 13, 44 and 45, 46. Here's what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure in the field, which a man found and then he hid, And out of joy, he goes out and sells all that he has and comes back and buys the field. Again, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding the one pearl of great value, he went and sold all he had and purchased this one and only pearl. Look at the first parable. Jesus, what he was telling his disciples... It was a very common occurrence. They were understanding exactly what he's talking about. Today we may have difficulty understanding this. Under comprehending somebody hiding a box and a treasure somewhere in the ground. Back then they didn't have banks. Back then they didn't have bank vaults. They didn't have a box in the bank, safety deposit box. So what did they do? They hid their treasures. They hid their valuables in a box somewhere in the backyard. As a matter of fact... In the Middle East, they still do that. (laughs) And when they need money for food or for necessities of life, they wait until it's nighttime when nobody's watching. And they go out there quietly without drawing any attention. And they dig for the box. They get it out, take a piece of jewelry. And then they go bury it back and go the next day to the marketplace, sell that piece of jewelry, get some money, buy the food. Everything is done quietly. Many people, of course, who hid those things and got away and then died, and those things are forgotten. And the rabbis had a very simple approach to this. They had a very simple rule, an ethical rule about it, about buying a land, finding a box in it full of treasures. Very simple, two words, find us keepers. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the point of this parable? It's very clear, and it is this, that there are some people who stumble over the grace of God. 
and they take hold of it with all of their might and all their power. They take this priceless treasure and make it to be their all. There are some people who might not be searching and looking like the second parable. The man was looking for the truth, but they're people going about their business. And then they come, they're confronted with the love of God. They're confronted with the forgiveness of God on the cross of Jesus Christ. And then they came and take hold of it with all their might, ready to give up everything in order to keep their priorities straight. There are some people like the Apostle Paul who are going about doing what they're paid to do. The Apostle Paul was paid to go to Damascus and find the Christians and destroy them. And right there, as he was going about his business, he confronts the Lord Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, he sees the truth. And as we read from the Philippians, everything becomes nothing in the light of finding that great treasure. These people commit their life and consecrate their possessions in order that they may be at the very center of the will of God. What about you? Does this describe you? And the second parable, very similar to the first one, but there's one difference. The merchant is not like the farmer who was not going about his business as usual. He was searching. He was looking. He was looking for the kingdom. He was searching for the truth. He was diligently seeking. He was looking for the truth. And when he comes upon the one and only most valuable pearls of all, he embraces it with all his heart. Everything else doesn't mean anything. Everything else can go. But this one thing he will not let go. When he or she discover the truth, they give up all of their search. They give up all of their Eastern mysticism. They give up all their good works. They give up all of their partial truth. They give up worshiping material possessions. They give up seeking after pleasures. Why? Because they found the one and only worthwhile thing in life to have. Namely, Jesus Christ. He is the pearl of great price. So what is the point of these two stories? The point is this. That the salvation of your soul is the most important and precious thing in life. That the salvation of souls... And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way for salvation. Is the most important issue in life. Nothing else come anywhere near it for importance. All the important things in which you bury your life and work hard for and sweat blood. Not half as important as the salvation of your soul. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 tells us that we have this treasure in earthenware. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 3, 8, that it is an unsearchable riches. And Jesus Christ is no ordinary treasure. The Bible tells us that He is the precious stone, that He is the stone that is cut out of the mountain, that He is the stone that is cut not without hand, that He is the stone of Israel, that He is the stone of stumbling, that He is the stone that the builders have rejected, that He is the cornerstone. Jesus Christ is no ordinary pearl. No. He is the pearl of great price because in Him... And Him alone, you're able to find rest from guilt of sin, which you can never find in material possession. Because in Him, and in Him alone, you are able to have the peace of mind and the inner contentment 
which you can never find in things. In Him and in Him alone, you can find security. Not financial security that people talk about, but His eternal security that really counts. And it comes with an eternal life guaranteed. Without Him, a person may have had all the precious stones in the world, but spiritually eating husk and clothed in rags. And until they find the real treasure, the pearl of great price, they are the poorest of the poor. Does this describe you? As I was reflecting upon this parable and I thought, you know, earthly wealth and precious stones and jewelry needed to be protected and guarded because it could be stolen. Money could be lost. But you know, this is the one treasure you could never lose. This is the one great pearl of great price that you could never lose because it is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Those who have discovered the treasure and the great pearl of great price, they dwell high above the enemy's reach. They eat the hidden manna and they feed upon the bread of life. They are clothed with the rich robe of Christ's righteousness. They live on the promises of God and they walk in the richness of faith. Amen belongs here. Do you know him? Have you discovered the treasure and the pearl of great price? You might be a churchman and you be a person who is searching and seeking. And today the Spirit of God is speaking to you and saying, I am the one that can satisfy your deepest hunger. In fact, that is why you see the Apostle Paul, a man who achieved, humanly speaking, as much as anybody in his day. And he could say that all of my achievements, all of my worldly accomplishments, I consider them to be rubbish in comparison to the great treasure and the pearl of great price. When you have the pearl of great price, the world is going to see the difference in your life. And they're going to ask, why are you different? Only when you get tempted to live the same way everybody else lives. You value things the way they do. You think the way they do. And that's the temptation from the enemy for the people of God in these last days. To just look like everybody else. Live like everybody else. Do what everybody else does. Many years ago, a story is told about a group of men who were panning for gold in Montana. One of them found an unusual stone, and so he broke it, and as it opened up, he was ecstatic when he found gold right inside that stone, and told the rest, and, and the men working diligently, they soon discovered lots of that precious metal. Happily, they began shouting it with delight. We found it, we found it, we found gold, now we're rich. But then they had to interrupt their celebration, and and go into a nearby town to stock up on supplies. And before they left the camp, they made a pact not to tell a soul about their finding. Sometimes I feel that many Christians are doing that. They have found the great treasure, the pearl of great price. And somehow I just want let's keep it a secret. Let's keep it to ourselves. And these men vowed to each other they'll never breathe a word to anybody in the town. So they went to that nearby town and bought their supply and 
to their utter amazement as they were leaving to go back to the mines, hundreds of men were following them. So they stopped and asked him, who squealed? (laughs) And came the reply, no one had to. Your faces showed it. Your faces show it. What does your face show? The joy of the Lord? Or sad and sour? As if you've been baptized in lemon juice and washed in vinegar? (laughs) Do you exhibit the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, you're constantly complaining about this and that and the other thing. Because when you have discovered that hidden treasure, when you find the pearl of great price, no one will be able to get you to hide your joy. No one can take away from you your newfound identity in Christ. Simply because the hidden treasure enriches your soul. Because that spiritual treasure is incorruptible. Because the pearl of great price comes with eternal guarantee. And in all candor, my precious friends, I want to tell you that you and I get into trouble when we forget about the treasure and then begin to live our lives like spiritual paupers. I want to make a comment here about interpretation of this parable. I think it's appropriate and proper. There are some commentators who interpret this parable to mean that the believer is the treasure and the pearl of great price. And that when the Lord Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven, he came to seek that precious treasure, that seek the lost. Jesus is the one, they say, who gave up all the glories of heaven in order that he might find the precious jewels, his body, the believers. Make no mistake about it, we are precious in God's sight. That is biblical and that is scriptural. And you can take it either way. It doesn't make any difference to me. Because in a Christian faith, you win either way. Heads you win, tails you win. (laughs) He is precious, you are precious. But I want to tell you my personal preference, and I believe it's consistent with all the passages of Matthew, is that I would rather focus on his preciousness. As I was putting these words together, I thought of something I've heard years ago about Francis Havergale, who wrote the famous hymn, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for thee. She wrote that hymn in 1874. But the second stanza was not written until four years later, in 1878. And the second stanza goes like this. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite, will I withhold. Now there's a story behind this second stanza. After Francis wrote that hymn, she had a magnificent collection of exquisite jewelry. Most of it was inherited. And one day, as she's been praying, every time she prayed after she wrote that hymn, the Lord brought her under conviction with her own words that she wrote. Here's the conviction that the Lord has brought to her heart. He said, you know that box of exquisite collection of jewelry? That can be translated into saving of lost souls throughout the world. And it took her four years. But finally, when she came into the point of obedience in her life, she took hold of that box. She kept two or three pieces of sentimental values, value to her, and wrote a check 
for the amount that these two, three pieces that she kept represented. And then she took the check and the box to CMS or Church Missionary Society, that's the Anglican mission that is single-handedly responsible for taking the gospel to Africa and many other parts of the world. And she handed them the box. And then truly she could come home and sing, Take my silver and my gold, not a mite will I withhold. She told her friends later, she said, I don't need to tell you that I have never packed a box with such pleasure. What earthly value do you place upon the precious treasure, the pearl of great price, the Lord Jesus? Jesus said that when you find the pearl of great price, the man gave up everything. Nothing became important anymore. Nothing becomes significant anymore. What does the treasure mean to you? What does the pearl of great price mean to you? You're listening to Leading the Way and a message from Dr. Yusuf's series, The Point of the Story. If this episode's content has sparked God questions for you, please consider speaking with one of Leading the Way's pastors. Begin your conversation at ltw.org slash Jesus. Remember, if you missed any portion of today's message or would like to hear any of Dr. Yusuf's other teachings, you can stream at ltw.org or check out the other ways to connect, like the Leading the Way app or your smart home speaker, ltw.org. Thank you for listening today. Do join us again next time, won't you? This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.